The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. You're listening to Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is World Stage, exposing the tyrannies and exploring our power with deep dives into history, current events, dangerous trends, and the nature of reality. Quick announcement at the top here. A new post by Catherine Watt at her Bailiwick News Substack. Bailiwicknews.substack.com. Dated February 22nd. Government-directed mass murder. Legal issues for further research. Notes. As I posted yesterday, Catherine Watt writes, I'm sorting through files where I jotted notes about legal topics that are relevant to the process of challenging, nullifying, and repealing the kill box laws passed by Congress, signed by U.S. presidents, used by American cabinet secretaries and their delegates and their counterparts in countries worldwide, as laid out in the timeline from American Domestic Bioterrorism Project. That's on her bailiwicknews.substack. The list below. Ah, as a recap, just a minute about this. Invaluable resource, bailiwicknews.substack, Catherine Watt. Quote, as a recap, the killbox law evidence supports the conclusion that injuries, diseases, sterilizations, and deaths sustained by the world's population in recent decades through public health programs are not accidental or inadvertent or the result of incompetence. The massive harms are the result of intentional, planned, criminal government acts, omissions, and frauds, including but not limited to the injuries and deaths caused since 2020 by the EUA countermeasures known as COVID-19 vaccines. The primary crime scene is Congress, the floors of the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, and the core crime is treason, levying war against the United States, adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the United States or elsewhere, while owing allegiance to the United States. Catherine Watt has been posting for a long time now citations that back up her assertions and conclusions like this and make a big pot of coffee and stay up till dawn once you get hooked reading what this brilliant woman has been posting to educate us about all of the above. With me this hour, a return appearance by Dr. Mark Richards, who has served, who had served for years as a physician consultant to the White House and in leadership positions in medical and surgical societies. This Yale-educated scientist noticed that something unexplained yet treatable was taking a heavy toll on human health and relationships. His search for answers led to a shocking discovery he details in his book, Nobody wants you healthy. Achieving better health by avoiding the corruptions in modern medical science, which came out in March 2022. Learn all about him and his book at the site nobodywantsyouhealthy.com. Thank you very much for returning, Dr. Richards. How are you today? Thank you very much for inviting me back. We have lots to talk about. Well, indeed we do. Um, just to recap what we've more or less uh, planned in advance on your previous uh, appearance, and and I'd I'd like you to do a recap of these things. We you taught me about the epidemic of chronic illness in America 
through the lens of testosterone deficiency, stone cold professional, the resultant rise in inflammation and the illnesses that emerge therefrom, and the money made by those who want to keep people ignorant about the true causes of sickness and about the things that could help us, which you've got in your book, Nobody Wants Us Healthy. Um, would you, for those who are seeing and hearing you for the first time, Dr. Richards, would you uh, walk me through a nice synopsis, I guess, beginning, middle, of end of that journey, those kind of things, to lay the foundation for the things we've queued up for today's conversation? Sure. So uh, just to add to that recap, when you look at federal outlays in the budget, 29% goes for health care. 90% of that goes for treating chronic diseases. And by comparison, 16% goes to the military. So as this spiral continues with chronic diseases from endocrine disrupting chemicals, um, we could easily bankrupt this country. It, it, it's enriching a few and bankrupting the rest of us. I, I wrote a, a cute little story called our plum bum. That's spelled like plum and then B-U-M bum. And plum bomb is the Latin word for lead. Uh, and that's why the symbol for lead on the periodic table is PB. And it's also uh, what the Romans started using in their plumbing in 200 BC. And they used it for 450 years. They even used lead in their cooking vessels to cook food. Uh, by the way, that's why we get the word plumbing. Plumbing comes from plum bomb because that was the water pipes the Romans were using, sort of cute little story. And of course, we think those Romans were just absolutely foolish for using this toxic chemical in their water and, and their cooking vessels. But actually, they suffered a lot less uh, from lead in their pipes and cooking vessels than we do from the endocrine disrupting chemicals and plastics that are causing everything from fetal brain abnormalities that result in behavioral issues, IQ issues, uh, gender issues, to um, reducing testosterone, which causes inflammation, which causes depression, anxiety, as well as heart attacks and strokes. Uh, and it reduces testosterone's ability to make um, a hormone called IGF-1, which controls our sugar metabolism, leading to diabetics, which are uh, 10 times more common now than they were in 1970. So it's, it's really a hot mess. We make fun of the Romans for using lead, but actually we're killing ourselves much faster and much more efficiently with um, endocrine disrupting chemicals, particularly from plastics. Primarily from plastics, maybe? Pardon me? Would you say primarily from plastics? I say, pri well, yes, <laughs> primarily from plastics in the large sense. Primarily from plastics. Dr. Mark Richards was beginning to tell me about the endocrine disruptors and a little bit more about his book, Nobody Wants You Healthy, Achieving Better Health by Avoiding the Corruptions in Modern Medical Science, and Aren't They Legion? And hasn't COVID-19 been a great reason for legions of us to discover the many, many harms of the modern medical science? But... His book uh, is fascinating. A fully referenced book shines a spotlight on how unbalanced hormone activity caused by our exposure to powerful endocrine disrupting chemicals 
has created the chronic diseases that are destroying us. I haven't read his book, full disclosure. This is the blurb about it. And this is why I enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Richard so much back on January 20th. And I'm thrilled at the chance to talk to him again today. This book contains urgently needed education for the public and physicians. Half of all Americans suffer from at least one chronic disease. These include diabetes, mood disorders, obesity, dementia, and cognitive issues, breast cancer, heart disease, strokes, memory imbalance problems, thinning bones, frailness of aging, and sexual dysfunction. A simple, generic, long-lasting treatment used since 1940 has been shown to dramatically prevent or reverse these diseases by 50%. What has stopped knowledge of this treatment? 90% of 1.3 trillion in annual global pharmaceutical revenues derives from drugs prescribed to treat, but not cure or prevent, chronic diseases. And this is alluding to his eureka moment discovering the effects of testosterone as a huge reducer in inflammation, which is the underlying cause, to my knowledge, of so many of these ailments. And it is one of the things that is thrilling to me about the candidacy of Robert Kennedy Jr. I was over the moon about him after April when he declared his candidacy because I was a huge fan and follower of his for years because of his truth. He was talking about his uh, the research he had found about the harms of vaccines and also what he wrote about his family, his uncle, President Kennedy, his father, Senator Robert Kennedy, and his understanding of the corporate capture of so much of America's government and institutions of power that are supposed to be working for us and is supposed to be taking care of us. And through 2020, he understood COVID and the responses to COVID that were deadly and nonsensical. And I was a fan and a follower. And then also through last year when he declared his candidacy, I thought, wow, this is a miracle opportunity. To have someone like him who so well understands the major problems that are afflicting us, who is describing solutions that really sound sensible and could really, really work when enough of us embrace them and get behind them. And then October 7th happened, the uh, attack in Israel, and now for the last many months, Israel's response. And I think Kennedy is dead wrong in his wholehearted support of Israel. And he has a blind spot about the uh, genocide and the slaughter of so many innocent civilians in Gaza. In this observer's, observer's opinion, and I laid low about him for a few weeks, but a couple of weeks ago, I started posting and talking where appropriate that for all the reasons the above, he's head and shoulders above any possible um, candidate, in my humble opinion. And now, here is important information from today's News Talk, TNT. 
TNT's Steve Malzberg. I've said that she is a selfish witch and that she's abusing her elderly husband so she could remain first lady. I've been saying that for a long time. That she ought to be ashamed of herself. But she's not. She played second fiddle to Michelle Obama for eight friggin' years. Michelle Obama hated the place. Could not wait to leave the White House Mm -hmm. so she could go make millions writing books and selling non-existent shows on Netflix. Yes. Which is fine. And that's what you do post-presidency. Yeah. Jill Biden could not wait to live in the White House and now she does not want to leave? Yeah. I could not agree with her more. I've been saying this over and over and over again. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk TNT. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. We don't rock. rock. We talk. talk. Today's News Talk. TNT Radio. Do you have an upcoming event, community event, rally, march, festival, or fundraiser that could do with some free publicity? TNT wants to promote it for you. Simply visit the What's On Events calendar on the TNT website and submit your event details, and we'll get the word out, helping you make a difference. Dr. Mark Richards is with me. Dr. Mark, um, we were talking about the federal outlays that are arrayed on behalf of the pharmaceutical industries um, versus the knowledge of the things that are disrupting our endocrine systems. And when we uh, last were, were chatting, I, I don't know if you had gotten into testosterone as this a great epiphany that you had. Um, but uh, I remember that from our previous conversation, and I and uh, you know you could dive right into that because there is so much hope in your work, and all this is in your book. Nobody wants you healthy, so uh, where were where would you like to continue? You're laying the foundation of the yeah. foundational message you bring to me before we go on to explore the uh, some other things. Okay, so. As I was saying about the plastics and the uh, hormone disruption and the fact that testosterone um, controls inflammation uh, so yes. that when your testosterone is suppressed, you have heart attacks and strokes, but you also have brain inflammation with depression and anxiety disorders. I mean, we have 
25% of adult women on antidepressants that don't work very well. We have 50% of men over 40 on statin drugs that don't work very well. Your cholesterol goes up when you're inflamed and it's the inflammation that causes the heart attacks and the strokes. It's not the cholesterol that causes heart attacks and strokes because cholesterol makes up over 40% of your cell walls. So it, it's silly uh, to confuse cause and effect that way. Um, and the other problem with these chemicals, I, I think uh, right before I, I uh, got my video cut off was that uh, they cross the placenta. So they cause damages to the fetal animals and fetal humans uh, such that you have IQ loss, you have behavioral disorders, you have ADD and ADHD, and you have uh, gender nonspecific behaviors that happen. So for example, if you have a female fox and she gives birth to a bunch of kits, the male fox and her offspring uh, some won't typically behave like a male, and some of the females won't typically behave like a female, which of course is going to impact their ability to ever reproduce and successfully raise their young. Uh, so it's really quite a mess. And I'm not saying that the pharmaceutical industry planned this, but the massive increases in chronic diseases that it caused has made them incredibly wealthy because 90% of the trillions of dollars they make in revenue globally. 90% of that is from treating, but never curing or preventing chronic disease. And that was really an epiphany because when I started looking back on what pharmacy and pharmaceutical companies were offering, I found that over 75% of peer-reviewed medical journals are false. They're just the studies or the conclusions are not true. And this was discovered at Stanford in 2005. So it's like peeling back layers of an onion, if you will. You know, the, the further I go back and looking at this, the more um, scary and appalling it became because there's a, a complete loss of integrity. And while there's probably always been a loss of integrity in our, in our government and industry leaders to some degree, uh, there were many that had a lot of integrity. It just seems that as time has gone on, this loss of integrity has become exponentially increased. Um, and I'm sure some of our later topics when we get into the COVID fiasco, we'll see how it's increased to the point where they're literally saying untruths that are killing people um, because they make a lot of money off of it. And this is, this is probably the most disturbing aspect. So while my book deals with human health and the causes for our chronic disease epidemic, such as a five times increased rate of obesity, uh, 10 times increased rate of diabetes, um, and what we can do to try to avoid these endocrine disruptors and the testosterone pellet therapy, which is the only long-lasting testosterone therapy for both men and women that will um, reduce inflammation, reduce metabolic disorders, reduce um, emotional and, and traumas. Um, it, it's gotten worse. Uh, so, uh, that's, that's sort of where I'll leave it for that topic right now, unless you have more questions about it. Well, it's just a couple. Are those pellets, are they uh, the result of a diagnosis and a prescription by a doctor? Uh, so the testosterone pellet therapy, which, as I said, is the only long-lasting steady state bioavailable testosterone therapy we have, and it's been used since 1939 in this country, by the way, it just stopped being taught to doctors around 1960. Um, for the reasons I discussed earlier. Uh, so you would go to a doctor, or let's say in my practice, let's just use my practice as an example. So somebody hears about me from their neighbor, their 
friend or whoever they call up uh, and we'll send them a lab sheet and they will go to their local lab and get their blood's drawn and then come in to, for a consultation. During that consultation, we go over the classic symptoms uh, profile in men and women of testosterone deficiency. Now, the interesting thing is men and women are the exact same animal. We're the same golden retriever. So our symptoms of testosterone deficiency are almost identical. It's just we describe them differently because a female brain is wired differently than a male brain. Um, but the symptoms, actually, if you look at them in depth, they're really pretty much identical. So we look at the symptoms, we look at the levels. We know, for example, that what the labs say the range are is, is not applicable. It's not a true range. All it is is an average of our population. And our population is 60% lower than it was in 1970. So when you take that average of a sick population and you go two standard deviations on either side, uh, you end up with ridiculously low numbers in the bottom part of the range. So 300, for example, in a man is a severe deficiency. 450 is a moderately severe deficiency. 550 is a level that the American Clinics of Cardiology said, if you're below that, you have a 30% higher risk of heart attack over the next several years. And women, uh, same thing. And the German health clinics, they found that women with levels below 24 had the same dire health issues and, and high risk of death that men below 300 did. And women below 34 had a moderately severe deficiency. So the blood levels are different, obviously, between men and women, but it's not because mm -hmm. their cell levels requirements are different, because as I said, we're the same golden retriever. The difference is that men make most of their testosterone and their testicles, and then it has to go through the blood, giving it a higher level before it can be transported into the cells. Whereas women make the vast majority of their testosterone in each cell. Therefore, it doesn't have to go through the blood to have testosterone levels that are appropriate in the cell. Since it's the oldest hormone, testosterone is the oldest hormone evolutionarily, both sexes can make testosterone external to the cell and internal to the cell. Um, because there needed to be some duplication because without testosterone, your living organism is going to die. Um, but that's why the blood levels are different, even though the cellular levels are probably almost identical between men and women. And then it brings me to one last point about this um, relating to your question is that 100% of the estrogen inside our cells, like our bone cells need three times more than our skin cells, for example, but 100% of the estrogen inside our cells is made inside each cell from testosterone. So women don't need estrogen in their blood. They only need it for two out of four weeks when they're fertile to hit the outside receptors on their breast and uterus so they can have a pregnancy and breastfeed. Um, but as far as health-wise, nobody needs estrogen in their blood. They need it ex internally in each cell uh, for health. So when men and women come to me, Really, the only hormone they're getting is testosterone in this pellet, let's say the size of a Tic Tac. So a woman may get one or one and a half Tic Tacs uh, put into the fat in the upper outer area of her buttock, a little bit of local anesthetic, a little two millimeter poke in the skin, and you put the Tic Tacs in and then a little tape over it and that's it. And it lasts three months. A man would come to me and he would get maybe, you know, 10 double sized Tic Tacs. And he would get it in his flank or his love handle area because in a man, even if he has a little fat pad in the upper outer buttock, when he starts this therapy within two or three insertions, which is every four months in men, uh, that fat pad will be 
very thin. It'll be muscular in the buttock instead. And so the you need to put pellets, these Tic Tacs, into fat. So that's why the love handle is a, a much better location for men. A couple things. The uh, disruption of the endocrine uh, system, uh, as I'm learning from you, resulting in this, this inflammation. What, uh, maybe unrelated to that, just curious, and we don't have to, this doesn't have to be a big answer, but what caused this decline in testosterone? The what plastics, and that's you. It's the plastics in in our environment, right. it, our it, uses, it, in our it, lives. Right. It's a it's a chemical in plastics um, called phthalates, okay. but they mm -hmm. also use other chemicals uh, like PBA, PBS, those sort of chemicals, and other types of plastics like polycarbonate. Um, but phthalates uh, are now manufactured mm -hmm. at four hundred million metric tons annually, and to put that in perspective, that's two hundred times the toxic dose for every human on the planet. And that's what we manufacture annually. We have three rivers going into the Chesapeake Bay where 60% of the sea bass are hermaphrodite because of the endocrine disrupting chemicals in their water. And modern society here in America started getting influenced by these uh, chemicals in plastics starting when? What decade did this start to encroach upon us and when did it start to make these this catastrophic difference in us? Well, it started, this plastic started being developed in the 60s uh, because, you know, that's when instead of going to the, the hospital and getting a glass IV bottle with a rubber tubing into a metal needle in your arm, you know, by 1970, it was a plastic bag with plastic tubing with a plastic needle in your arm. You know, just to give you an idea of the transformation. We're not getting rid of plastics anytime soon. I mean, it'd be lovely if we could get rid of all these endocrine disruptors but I don't know how that's going to happen in a short period of time. I think this is going to take decades for us to shift out of using these um, harmful chemicals. And every time they try to replace one with another, like they replace PBA with PBS, thinking it was healthier. And then we found out recently that PBS crosses the placenta and it's a neuroendocrine disruptor that interferes with fetal brain development. I mean, this, is, mm -hmm. this is horrible stuff. In Absolutely. I am hearing Bobby Kennedy for years now, Jr., talking about 1989 being a landmark year in terms of the explosion of chronic diseases and other things like autism and such like that. Do you see, how does that fit into your understanding of the plastics disrupting the endocrine system and resulting in the lower testosterone, you're focusing on primarily that. But what role of that are you aware of that, uh, that claim? Okay, that's a great, great question. And I think this is a very important point. Testosterone controls inflammation. Inflammation is what causes these emotional issues, brain development issues, physical issues, so on and so forth. Bobby Kennedy Jr. has been sounding the alarm for the number of vaccines children are getting at very young ages when their brain's rapidly developing. Vaccines, by their nature, cause a lot of inflammation. That's how they stimulate your immune system. They inflame it. 
other speakers have been talking about processed foods and how, you know, there's all this processed food, not only does it have a lot of phthalates in it, which they sometimes forget, but it has a lot of sugars in it, which also cause a lot of inflammation. Once you get the 10,000 foot view, the problem is the inflammation. If it's the inflammation that is causing all these horrible changes. If you give inflammation to a, to a body, it's like chemotherapy. If cells are turning over rapidly, the inflammation is going to have a much bigger effect. So if you start giving inflammation to infants and, and one, two, three, four-year-old children, you're going to affect their brain. You know, you have to. Uh, if you're giving inflammatory things to a 45-year-old whose brain is not turning over very much, then you're going to affect other things, most like this cardiovascular system. Mm -hmm. So it depends, you know, and then you get, mm -hmm. of course, to, as we'll get to later on about the mm -hmm. mRNA COVID vaccines, which are highly inflammatory for prolonged periods of time, mm -hmm. you're going to see different effects in different age groups because the inflammation affects whatever is rapidly going on in that age group. Does this make sense? Am I being clear about, about oh, that? Yeah, clear enough for this layperson. And okay. we're gonna we're gonna take a break in about three minutes and we'll dedicate that whole portion, Mark, to the list of the new things that we wanted to talk about. But a couple of random questions based on what you've said so far. What is the how basically are men and women's brains wired differently? Yes. So it's very interesting. So we all have a female wired brain in utero until about the second trimester. And then for about a week period during the second trimester, and I apologize for not knowing about what week that is, but a week period, there is a chain of events, biochemical events in the fetus in a male that it doesn't happen in the female that causes a cascade uh, that ends up using histamine, you know, like you use antihistamines for, and the microglia, which are the little cells around the neurons in the brain, to help the neurons connect a little bit differently. And it's just in a certain few areas of the brain, but we see it and that's the pathway that happens. So when, you know, before we had all this chemical poisoning and the transgender uh, craze that's going on right now, uh, when we were looking at this at Leahy Clinic uh, back in the early nineties, they could do scans of the brain and see if you were wired female or male. And about one in 3,000 males uh, had female wiring. In other words, they had never completed that conversion in their second trimester when they were a fetus. And the question they were looking at this for is, should we consider this like cleft lip and palate? And if these people want to transition, should it be covered by insurance? That was the whole purpose of their study. So it's, it has fascinating repercussions to today's issues because, as I just told you, PBS, which they replaced the PBA with, is a neuroendocrine disruptor that crosses the placenta. And so, as I explained in the foxes where, you know, the female and male offspring of foxes are sometimes not behaving gender specific, it is not unreasonable to assume that some of our offspring are no longer gender specific. The problem is they're not transgender. They're not wired the other way. They just aren't really wired male or female. So, seeking a solution by trying to change your sex to the opposite of what you are biologically is not going to work because you're not really wired that way either. Dr. And this is Mark, the tragedy. Yes. This is the, the tragedy of that. 
and how that has been politicized. With me is Dr. Mark Richards, author of Nobody Wants You Healthy, which you can find at his site, nobodywantsyouhealthy.com. And here now is important information from today's news talk, TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Dr. Matthew Wilicki is a bit like Dr. Judith Curry. Both of them were prominent academics in their field, and they left their field because of the fact they could not put up with the whole global warming missive. And of course, they have become outcasts. Dr. Curry actually had some of her background at Penn State, and she has been called some mean and nasty names by Michael Mann, to a point where I don't understand why she hasn't sued him for libel and slander, but it's her life. In any case, Dr. Wilicki has this idea about rethinking climate change metrics. Now, this is not an old idea. In fact, one of my professors at Penn State back in the 70s said that temperature is a third-rate way of measuring climate. And he's right, because the temperature can spread apart from what we call the dew point. What is a better way to measure climate is with what we call wet bulbs. But better than that, the best of all is water vapor. We have something that we work with as meteorologists called saturation mixing ratios. And it shows a direct correlation between the amount of water vapor in the air and the temperature. So why aren't we quantifying water vapor? You know why? Because it will reveal that water vapor is the main driving force behind the warming. Now what's causing extra water vapor? Well, it's not extra CO2 in the air, it's the warming oceans. What's warming the oceans? That's not from the extra CO2 in the air either. So Dr. Wilicki's idea of rethinking climate change metrics is an excellent idea. And we should be quantifying water vapor. Fat chance given $63 trillion is already behind this whole net zero agenda. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Eggs. You can fry them, scramble them, poach them, boil them, or race them on a spoon. But uncooked eggs can be a risk for food poisoning. To be safe, avoid buying dirty or cracked eggs. Always wash your hands after handling eggs. And if you're concerned, pregnant, elderly, or have a poor immune system, make sure you cook eggs until the yolk starts to firm. Or look for new pasteurized eggs. For excellent eggs, handle them safely. This is World Stage with Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And with me is Dr. Mark Richards, author of Nobody Wants You Healthy, Achieving Better Health by Avoiding the Corruptions in Modern Medical Science. Absolutely fascinating about how the brain gets wired in utero. And one last question about the brain. Is it true that the hemisphere, connect the hemisphere, the, the bridge connecting the left and right hemispheres in women is larger than it is with men. And if so, how does that generally impact the processing of information and the results that come out of those brains? You know, I can't answer your question. I, I know a lot of science. I'm happy to talk about it, but I must plead ignorance as to that. It's a factoid that I saw a couple of times from a doctor on a PBS uh, 
presentation about 10, 15 years ago. I saw it over the course of many, many years, and he really went into explaining it, but I've never questioned it with a with a doctor, so that's why it was just a question. Mm -hmm. And now I we want to talk about a number of things. COVID-19 origins as laid out in the science literature, inflammatory illnesses and mortality increases from the modified RNA vaccine, in quotes, as outlined in international non-NIH controlled medical journals in the money trail, and a number of other things. But perhaps we'll start with just those first couple of things, Dr. Richards, COVID-19 origins as laid out in the science literature. What can you tell me? I think the story's pretty well known now because all the information that I gleaned to put it together was in the public literature. Uh, back in March of 2020, um, when this virus was hitting China and was coming across to all the other countries in the world, I started uh, doing a little dive into the medical science literature, and it turns out that uh, if, if this was a leak of a bioweapons research program, um, it probably came from the University of North Carolina to one of our premier um, defense scientists and biologic scientists, Ralph Barrick, who's a brilliant scientist. I'm not sure he understands the ramifications of the research he was doing, but brilliant scientist. And in 2012, he started a research project to take uh, the corona bat virus and put a SARS spike on it. Does that sound familiar? Yep. So in, in 2013, um, Congress banned gain-of-function research unless it was approved by NIH. So Dr. Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins uh, at NIH uh, approved Ralph Barrick to continue his research in 2014, and he did. And he published it in Nature Science Medicine, the Nature Medicine Journal, in November of 2015. And he was, the authors were clearly excited uh, because for the first time they had created a uh, genetically engineered pathogen that could be transmitted through the air and killed not only the humanized mice that were injected with it, but it killed the humanized mice that were in the lab uh, with the other mice. And this was a big uh, advance. Well, four weeks later, the Pasteur Institute in France, which is a leading infectious disease research institute in the world, wrote Nature Medicine that that was the most abominable research, basically. They, I'm gonna paraphrase it. They said that was the most abominable research they've ever seen published because if it ever escaped the lab, it caused a pandemic of unknown consequences. So I was um, consulting the White House at the time, as you said, and in 2016, uh, Barack Obama banned gain-of-function research on U.S. soil, uh, mistakenly believing that if it's not done here, then it would never get here, which, of course, as we know, is not true. Um, and it could be outsourced, but only if approved by the Director of Infectious Disease at NIH, who is Dr. Anthony Fauci, or DOD decided, Department of Defense decided it was a national security interest to do so. So, uh, oddly enough, on 2017, um, the French had notified our State Department they built these labs in Wuhan and that they were leaky and that we should never use them for dangerous research. And in 2018, a public article about that came out. But oddly enough, uh, Ralph Barracks, co-author on that 2015 article about the coronavirus with the SARS spike, uh, was a woman named Xi Zhenling. 
who is the bat lady of the Wuhan lab. So if this research was going to continue, he would have to continue it with somebody who was his co-author. And um, all of a sudden, funding got approved for the Wuhan lab. Uh, DARPA, our Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, uh, when approached by the Department of Defense with a request to fund that lab to do this research, said it was too dangerous and they wouldn't agree to do it. But DOD went around their back anyway and did it. Just like Fauci bypassed these, uh, from what I understand, he bypassed all the safety panels that were supposed to review this gain-of-function research and directly funded the Wuhan lab himself. So that's sort of how the whole thing started. Now, the just, amazing... And, Mark, I'm just, I'm just watching the time, and there were a number of other key things we wanted to... We could continue fleshing out uh, the origins or jump into the imagined pandemic X that the WHO was touting, how a decrease of that likelihood is holding by holding those responsible for the irresponsible gain-of-function research, or, as you know, we could talk about the national security threats from the chronic, chronic diseases in our military-aged men and women from low testosterone. In our next you know, 11 minutes or so, which do you want to bring forth, please? Let me try to tie it all together because they're all related. This is the amazing thing. It's all related because it all has to do with a loss of integrity and pursuit of personal fame and money. The story I just told you about the origins is pretty airtight. It's all public information and it's all out there and it explains how it got there. However, governments, especially the US and its associated allies, censored all the press. This story could not be published, the story could not be written. All of a sudden, our leaders became enamored with tyranny and censorship. And as this progressed, it was, they started affecting all aspects of our life. And there was a lot of money to be made from the vaccinations that had never really been tested. The, um, to give you an example, Moderna paid over $400 million one quarter in intellectual property rights to NIH, meaning it went to Fauci and his scientists, uh, just to give you an idea of the kind of money that's involved here. So that was just one company, that was just one quarter that they reported. So it, it's astronomical uh, amount of money. And, and this is encouraging bad acting, one, from the pursuit of money, two, from the belief that they can override the constitution and censor uh, opposing scientists or medical opinions and just tell you what the science is. Thirdly, that people were telling you to where the, the disease came from, that you needed to mask up and stay six feet away, which was totally crap, that you needed to lock down and that would prevent spread, which we've known since the Spanish flu of 1919 is not true, um, that these vaccines were proven totally safe and they would 100% prevent you from getting COVID, which we know they knew was false at the time they said it. Um, and then they're saying that we should vaccinate children because they spread the disease, um, which they did without any safety profile, but it was just a huge market they could look at. The risk of a child dying from COVID is three in a million, according to the Stanford analysis of CDC data. Well, again, that's a total loss of integrity for our FDA to tell people that, yeah, we sh you should get your child vaccinated starting at six months. Those children have zero risk of dying from COVID. And yet the 
they never did safety data. And then that German national health system shows they have a one in 5,000 chance of dying from the in, in, injection or uh, having a severe disease from the injection. So this makes no sense on any planet in the universe. And it's did part you, of the did you, corruption. Did you, thank you. Yeah, did you happen to read the book, The Real Anthony Fauci by Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Did I, did I happen to, what with Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Did you read his book, The Real Anthony Fauci? I did I did not read his book, The Real Anthony Fauci, but I feel like I've been living it here in Washington, D.C. You uh, oh. no, no doubt. And it's a great, he documents uh, what you just described. And he frames it as, you know, the corporate capture of the regulatory agencies that are supposed to regulate certain industries those agencies are captured by the industries with ownership going back decades of developing new drugs for the uh, pharmaceuticals to then sell and the agencies and or the likes of fauci retain royalty rights in it so it's a profit-making thing and if i remember how he had phrases it the agencies that are supposed to protect this are partners incubating new products uh, along these lines. So the extent of that corruption is is breathtaking. But back to tying it together to the to the military and holding the, these people accountable. How? How, he well, says, how? <laughs> how, right? So this is the issue. I mean, he's spot on. And so people have asked me in interviews, well, is pandemic X going to happen because the World Health Organization wants to take over control of every country's uh, um, pandemic treatments, um, probably because they're going to get a lot of money from the pharmaceutical industries that are going to come up with one. But the answer is we are going to have a pandemic X. We're going to have a next one until the people that lied, knowingly lied, I'm not saying made a mistake, I'm saying knowingly lied, pushed this whole scenario that was killed 17 million people, about 1.7 from the virus and the rest from the vaccine, they need to be held responsible in international and national courts. Because until you can't hold an agency responsible, if you hold the FBI responsible or DOJ responsible or FDA responsible, what's the agency going to do? Are you going to put the agency in jail? No, no. What you need to do is the people that were doing these things lying to us, they need to be held personally responsible with potential jail time and loss of their revenue. Once that happens, pandemic X isn't going to happen again because they're not going to chase after it. But right now, these people with no integrity are more than happy to kill millions more if it's going to make them rich. It is just a pathetic situation. Yeah, and I believe it was at the top of, uh, yeah, it was at the top of this hour, uh, Dr. Richards, where I described a recent essay on bailiwicknews.substack by Catherine Watt about the kill box laws that she has been documenting for a long time now on her Substack that indicate that what has been done to us isn't prosecutable, it isn't illegal, because these things were done to us as emergency use authorizations under rules and regs that govern a military response to a national threat. So it further absolves those who did it if I am rephrasing it accurately as the layperson that I that I am, not that we shouldn't make every effort to indict, prosecute, 
and uh, bring to justice these very real humans with whose names we know and we can, you know, the authorities can find out where they live because there are many who follow this who are calling this worse or as bad as any historical holocaust that, that can be named. Um, along those lines, I wholeheartedly recommend the, the findings and the work that could be found by Dr. Naomi Wolf, her main legislative platform, which also posts the analysis of the Pfizer documents showing what Pfizer knew before the uh, medicines were rolled out, how harmful they were, dailyclout.io, dailyclout.io, and also her personal substack, uh, search for Naomi Wolf Substack. It, it, it memory serves. It might be Naomi Wolf Substack. She is passionately continuing her twenty years of documenting not only tyranny but specifically the unbelievable revolution to our rights and identities as Americans under the attack justified by the pandemic and the unspeakable horrors of the the medicines given uh forced upon us in its in its name and along those lines there is i've got it right here do, 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 do. there it is alex craner on his substack alexcraner.substack about a month ago, January 17th, posted clear and present danger, wars incubate fascism. So to just show full spectrum how this, this 180 degree assault on our rights, the war drums in Europe and in the Middle East are growing ever louder. And it is clear that the imperial oligarchy, oligarchy desperately needs a big war to shore up their power base and to divert the anger of their populations against an external enemy. In Germany, where the largest protests in history are ongoing, this was mid-January, and even gaining in size, we suddenly have a leak of secret documents out of the German Defense Ministry that suggests that Vladimir Putin is preparing to attack NATO countries in 2025 and show step by step how Russia will escalate the conflict to an all-out war over the next 18 months. And I, and I love mentioning these indefatigable independent people like alex craner dot substack naomi wolf and dr mark richards and everyone else who is exposing like the mission of this station the truths about reality on good old planet earth it is an honor and a privilege to host world stage and this is today's news talk tnt